What's going on? What do I do, guys? I can't hear anything. What do I do? Drew, could you hear something in yours? No, right? Are you on best of? Are you on best of? We have dead air? We gotta put a best of on Drew. We're gonna lose every station we have. A thing sucks! Who is your daddy? And what does he do? End of day. The freedom of speech is being taken away. And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael. I'm the creator of all that you hear. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a very different kind of show. A place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Live and direct right now and in the flesh. You can find the podcast rendition of this program by simply going to michaeldeacon.com for further assistance. Joining me this evening is Gary Legere, also known as the Mars Revealer, especially known as the Mad Martian. Gary is an independent Mars researcher of over 20 years, a one-time close associate and friend of Richard C. Hoagland, and once part of the Enterprise mission, Gary was also the creator and host of the Martian Revelation show that ended when Gary was instructed by Richard C. Hoagland to do the serious legwork and investigate into a video called UFO Diaries, from which there are old yet new image data showing other faces of Mars not in the public view. Hello to you out there, those listening on YouTube, and hello to those out there who will catch this on Sunday night. Do not forget that this is a call-in show. You are more than welcome to call in. That number is 760-332-8724. One more time, 760-332-8724. Don't be shy. Glad to be back already. Last episode, there were some speed bumps along the way, but we weathered the storm. Tonight will probably be no different. There are several dark matters to get into here tonight. Newly renowned Reverend John B. Wells will be tonight's subject. Let us begin. Again, thanks for having me on. It's been a long time since I've been on the end of days. It has been a long time. Uh, maybe even a little too long. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's not, I'm not going to complain, though, because as you know, I've been busy. You and I have been personally in touch, though. So it's not like you've been out of touch, you know? <laughs> oh, of course. But uh, it was definitely uh, building up to, for the right moment. And I don't know about you. I think this is the right moment. Oh, yeah. This is the right time to have you on the program. And I'm glad you are here. It's been, like I said, quite some time. And I haven't actually had the opportunity to bring you back on here. So I'm glad we could finally be doing that. Yeah, me too, man. Definitely. And the listeners, too. Maybe some of them out there remember me. <laughs> Most of them probably do. <laughs> you know, but again, like I said, a lot has been happening. Uh, last time I was on, I believe 
we were talking about Hoagland, the diabolical deeds done, him encouraging an investigation, led to him, set me up, destroying the show, made me homeless, all this other crap that I'm sure we got into. Uh, also, a Twilight Zone code down through time via the UFO diaries that led me on the path to where I think I tried to lay out on your show, Mike, where everything Oakland does and says is code. On the surface, it, you know, he'll talk about one thing, Ellen or whatever, whatever. And it always, it's always coded, though, with certain things to which is if you had the code keys, you could see behind the surface and it paints a different storyline of how you could put it together, but it's in an unofficial way because in an unofficial matter, disclosures must come to us because everyone on the surface that has the pervy to certain things are all official up the ass so it can talk about it so how if you have people who are official up the ass that can't talk about it then how do people that may know about it or know some aspects about it talk about it and like he says once answer they use codes and in his code you right. can say we got him laying out the truth what I've been doing, how I've been doing. It actually helps him and makes excuses for the things that he had done to me and mine was basically to bring forth this unofficial disclosure to make it safe to be seen. Then we could create critical mass on his ass. Then that, then he'll be allowed to officially acknowledge it himself. We're not there yet, but I think we're, we almost are, okay, where he could come out officially acknowledge it, blow everyone away, him admit that I was right all along, just look at the videos I made, blah, blah, blah. Mike, I think I gave you one of those yes. videos for my latest, right. Richard Hoagland's unofficial disclosure. Uh, pack it and smoke it. You're definitely going to need it. May have to watch it a couple of times, but it's quite clear. Yet, is it real? That's the bizarre aspect of it. But, uh, Mike, again, thanks for having me on. Yes, There's no, so no much doubt. to get into. There is. And, again, like I said, welcome back to End of Days, and thank you for being here. You've been a longtime supporter of mine since the, the beginning, and, you know, I really appreciate that. You've you've gone a bat for me uh, on a number of occasions, and I've done the same for you. Yes, you have, and uh, I have because of the fact I, I know quality and truth, and or at least real when I see and hear it. You know, pretty much. I mean, everyone, you know, could be through a little. These are deceptive days in the end of sure. days, aren't they? But, you know, where it comes to being honest with integrity and being yourself, you got a product there. You got a voice. Uh, you got a wit that I like. And you got balls. And uh, that's another main thing. Because you had balls to go out where no one else, even the big names in radio, did not have the balls to go. They were all aided and, and were complicit in Hoagland's cover-up and conspiracy. And we're talking big names, as you know, Mike. Sure. George Norrie, Art Bell. And now we got this other guy, you know, that we're going to be dealing with tonight. That's true. Uh, and, and, and believe it or not, it's all connected back to originally what happened to me, and he's still doing it to me on the surface. Just because I make a video with him telling the truth unofficially – that doesn't mean on the surface he likes it. His cover's blown. So, and that's all he could do is slander or steer away from it, but the truth is there. He just needs people's critical mass. But instead of me creating confusion, notice that you had the balls to call him out. You did more than once, right? You invited him politely. And what happened? Well, I didn't hear from him again. All right. Same thing with Michael Vara. Michael Vara, 
actually, if it wasn't for him, I, I mean, we got to throw credit where it's due. I'm, I got my show back on the air now, as you know, you know the Martian Revelation. Again, I'm no Art Bell, and I don't want to be. I want to be who I am with me, like you are with you, with your product. No outside influence. No people trying to have a say of who you are, what you could do, what you could say, what you cannot. But yet, everyone wants your money, and they claim to be of the truth, are they? Right. But they seem to be in bed together. They seem to be in bed together with no, damn, truth be damned. And then it's like, well, then what's the point? You know, that's the big test right there. And what Mike Vara did, he had a golden carrot, as if I may enlighten everyone, Mike, and remind them, when that dark matter network, the dark missioner network, I call it, the dark mission is, Michael Vara was offered a, a place with his show before Art Bell's, planting that golden carrot right up his ass, ready for, you know, thinking that they primed him. But no Vaseline, and what happened? Mike looked at the at the clauses that they said. One, he has to let go of his network. Okay, I can understand that's his network, a network name. That would kind of make me feel funny, as would you, Mike, with your end of days, right? And we know that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so do you listeners out there might know who I'm referencing. Notice I said who. That is a fail. I was right. But anyway, where it comes to bringing this stuff forth, Michael Vara was given the clause, okay, not only just his, uh, he has to release uh, all connectivity, friendship, anything, association with me. My name was specifically mentioned. The more archives, they would have to be torn down that where I went nuts, including on your show. All of that's information, though. All that madness is information, and I still dare anyone to prove it wrong. They can't. That's why they had the slander. That's why they can't talk about it, uh, acknowledge the ruins are there. But damn it, I'm going to keep coming because right. it's a war I must fight and I'm on my path. Now, that being said, Michael exposed that. But what did he expose most of all? It wasn't just Art Bell's decision. It was Richard behind the lines doing the commanding, which told us the Dark Mission and Network was not really being run by Bell, Hoagland. Had a big major factor in that. And he was just a side and play, which allowed Mike to expose that for all those months when that was going on with Mike and his show over there. And I was like, God bless him, you know, you know, more power. He deserves it for let me be on and the things I put him through and you, you know. But the thing is, he exposed it. He didn't bite the golden carry. He said, hell no, you're not shoving that up my ass today. I'm going to expose this. And he did, and which enabled me to show proof of validity on an outside source rather than any information or investigation I've been doing to try to prove my case. He helped expose because it happened to him. They were really concerned. And everyone here knows, or if you don't, you should find out in here. It's kind of funny, but it's also messed up at the same time. I have another word for it, but I'm trying to respect my buddy here in his show. Uh, even though we could be real here, but I'm trying to keep it cool. So that being said, I'm not going to keep it cool in a minute here, to be honest with you. <laughs> I got some okay. things to say. Uh, all right. Uh, that, that's cool because again, it's been a long time and you've seen the progress, but this is part of the investigation of what ultimately led us up here to now to this night where I am now, just to find out, to help expose again, that this big Dick Hoagland still has his balls out thinking that, he could be an influence on me and the show and upon you listeners and other show hosts. And that's where this goes. 
more big names being worried about a, a you know a so-called crazy person, right. a nobody, a, with, with you know one show at a time. Whether I have one listener or a hundred or one day a million, I mean, but it's my show. At least I'm getting back, trying to get back on the path, and I have a vision that I still want to unfold. But I also have a case to close. Remember that, Mike? A case. That's what this case is. And the thing is, these other sources like Mike Vara, he showed to everyone that it's not just the rantings of a madman because he's exposing it. They used the, my very my very name to him and everything. And he puts it out there and and it's there to be seen. It's history. All that's history. And uh, they got all the more mad when I started my show up again because, as you know, Art Bell had passed. I confronted Art Bell before that. On that MV show, whatever the hell he is, Bell Gap or whatever, where he had his nose right up, uh, you know, Art Bell's ass, you know, thinking, I don't know what, they're all thinking that they were going to get a golden carrot or a golden prize from him, as if any of them would deserve it to begin with. And they all were bitching at Heather Wade. They were just jealous, regardless what one may think of Heather or not, they were jealous. you got to admit that. So there he is. I confront him, Mike. MV got so mad at me, you know, he's, and he's trying to punk at me like he's so much smarter and wittier, therefore he lays in the insults and will not let Art Bell really answer me. Maybe Art was telling him to do so. That's a possibility. But I offered Art Bell 1500 bucks. You know, I was like, what are you, afraid of controversy now on your show? No. Then that dick MV comes on and wants to, you know, try to steer it so Art couldn't answer. But yet Art, in a way, wanted to talk about it. Maybe he was playing the part. Maybe he was telling MV, get this guy out, mess with him. I don't know. But Art said, no, I don't shy away from controversy. Yeah, really. Shied away from 1500 bucks just to ask something because he, over all those years, has the connection, as you all know, to Hoagland, right? All those years. So if there was any help of anyone, if this guy is true, or we say, yeah, he's out for the truth, wouldn't he help us with something like this, especially with secret, old yet new images showing other faces of Mars the public has not been released to by NASA? Of course he would, unless there's a problem. And that problem is obviously with Richard Hoagland not wanting to reveal the truth, not wanting to come clean because of all the information on the investigation he led me on led to him. and. And my, he might not have expected that because those who helped make this made a code, as it was, down through time for him to be called out. And therefore, I think they slipped one by him. But who knows? The only way we'll really know all that is the day it's safe to be seen when he could officially come out and acknowledge it himself. And all I need is 2% of the listeners. 2%. It took 2% to fight the British. To fight the Red, it took 2% to come over here for the British to come over here to fight with them. Everyone else didn't want to go, but look who all followed and look where we're at now. It would take 2% of us to help break this paradigm, to make it safe to be seen like it's a test down through time. And if we solve it, I know this might sound confusing to some of you, but just try to follow me. If we solve it, because it's based on Brookings from 1958, on a plan to how things must be suppressed, of what they would find out there on the moon, Mars, and Venus, etc. And but there will be a time when we have to be told things. I believe we're at that time now. My shows phase back through time as well as myself. Say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. The reality is here we are. I'm glad you brought up the show. 
Yes, and your show, you've been the only guy there also. More than once, tried to get Hoagland politely to come on, and there has been no one else. So right there told me the balls you got and the integrity you got, and then I started listening to you more, and I was right. Because, it, you know, and even with Mike Vara, even though him and I, who knows what it is, you know, God bless him, it is what it is, I'm moving ahead. If it wasn't for all that, we wouldn't even be here now. So I'm just trying to give credits where it's due, regardless of all the sideshow going on. And, Mike, I know you, maybe you've been waiting for a while. I know you've seen my show come back. There's been a number of issues going on. You know, I am an independent Mars researcher, photo image analyst, image processor as well. So, you know, it's not just some wacky guy. I mean, I was part of Enterprise Mission. And so when Mike had the balls to do so, and then Mike Vera to do that extreme, that's allowed us to be where we're at now. Okay? It doesn't take much. And then Art Bell dies. He's not the person I said who we all thought he, he – yeah, he, we can respect him for who he was or who he thought we knew. But the problem is the person he became was not that person. Mike Vara helped expose that. I helped expose it all the more. Yeah, maybe creating a problem for myself and a little embarrassment. But damn it, when you balls up against the wall, you've got to fight even when you stand with one against many or hopefully you get allies. If not, it's going to be a rumble and, you know, we're just going to have to duke it out. But the more, like Rocky says, you know, it ain't about how many times you get hit. It's about how many times you get back up because ultimately you're going to win. Yes, that's, that's true. And Gary, Gary, by the way, uh, are you Jewish? The chat room wants to know. No. He, he's not Jewish, by the way. I, I just wanted I to get that out of the way. <laughs> there you go. Also, you mentioned your show earlier and completely glad that you got that going again. You seem a lot happier now that you have your show back. And also, I heard the ad I made again during your show, and it still makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Indeed. You want to play that for people if you got it? I mean, I think people should hear it. It's, a, it's pretty funny. And one of your fans helped make it too. So yeah. why not? But we're going we're we'll to be making later. a video for that yes. too. <laughs> uh, one of my listeners is responsible for imitating you. He's a big fan of yours. His name is Cody. He did a great mm -hmm. job. And I'm not quite sure where the hell Cody is now, though. He's kind of MIA. Ah. Well, this will be in the archives. Hopefully, he'll have access to it or whatnot, and I appreciate it. And uh, keep spreading, you know, like I'd say to everyone, grow some nuts, because then we can win, and we can literally make our fate and bring the Martian revelation overall into all our realities, as certainly, indeed, like I said to you, Mike, years ago, it's certainly part of the end of days. Yeah, by the way, I understand a few of your listeners or whatever uh, were wondering why you would put my ad up on your show and some of them even took offense to it. And, and that's cool and all they have their took offense. Well, Why yeah, would they take offense? I heard some of them, you know, they didn't like that. That's what you told me. Would they rather me, would they rather me uh, put up uh, ads to people with special clubs to join? <laughs> yeah, they uh, have, they have a God given right to feel that way. But, but listen, Gary, uh, th those people can suck my dick. <laughs> indeed. Uh, uh, indeed. And no one's going to, Bitch, I haven't heard anyone bitch at me, except one person asked me, you know, why I did it. I said, well, why not? I well, said, there's You're a friend mine. Of mine. Your show's got balls. I like the flow of it. It's entertaining. It's funny. Uh, he's sarcastic. He'll tell you like it is. And and still all be cool at the end of the day if you're cool. If you're not, this ain't a cool person. I mean, th this is a show for a cool person. 
You know what I mean? So if you don't like the show, then probably you're uncool. You know, but again, Mike has his audiences of various different ranges, and you shouldn't. If you, and if you're pissed off, it's because you don't know Mike and the end of days well enough yet. That's all I'm saying. And anything that I could do to help that show, because you guys have no idea who Mike is or how important he is down through time. Yes, Gary. Now, from my understanding, tonight we will be playing some clips from the phone conversation you had with Mr. John B. Wells, the Reverend John B. Wells. And, of course, for those that don't know, Gary is actually in Colorado and I'm in California. The laws are a little bit different from where we both reside. And phone conversations where Gary is is considered a one-party consent uh, for the purposes of recording. And in California, you would require two parties for consent. And for those, I didn't give a shit either way. Oh, just for I for the audience. Done. Yeah, but for the audience, let them know that this conversation, the recording of the, of the conversation, is not illegal in any way and add some context there okay i didn't give a shit about that because <laughs> what was done to me was far worse than me uh, me recording a call because i know damn well he was recording me and i have a feeling i know who was listening in right 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 oh yeah so, very interesting uh, played me like a fool and i acted like one just to get enough what i needed to hear that he was willing to release to me and uh and i think i did get that I got it well enough to help paint out. See, this that's the whole thing. Let me lay it up to everyone of what even made this show. Yeah. Tell the audience uh, what happened. Right. Um, as some of you may know, I've been doing a campaign. The first one failed as I would as more political, you know, reasoning to get people used to it. But I started a petition, a campaign called the Doctor Doctor Gil Levin's Martian Revelation Life Validation Campaign petition right. <laughs> that's right a petition to where we would all sign it well i would hope people would sign it a hundred thousand signatures it would float the pre president's dust desk in congress to act on what well you all know in 1976 dr gill maybe you all don't know they changed history that's why i'm trying to fight for him and you all to get it back because his experiments the control labeled release experiments on both sites on viking Landers, one at Chrysler, Planitia, 4,000 miles away at Utop Utopia, Planitia. Same experiments. They discovered, get the fuck, they, they discovered <laughs> life. They discovered life, period. But the thing is, they told Dr. Gill, no. You cannot tell people that you discovered life but only found possible signs of life. What do you people always hear in the news? They're looking for possible signs of life. Possible signs of life. It's a turtleneck pay speed agenda ploy, an agenda, uh, a policy to where their objective is not to find life, but to look for possible signs of life. And I found out from Seth Shawstack on my show what that definition is. His exact words, they're looking for Darwinian evolution. So life be damned, even if it crawled right in front of them, bit them on the balls itself. They would ignore it as life unless it adheres to Darwinian evolution. And like Seth Shawsack says, that's the thing. But anyway, I just wanted you all to know that. But in did time you, in did, the 90s, there was more that? data coming back when Dr. <laughs> Gill was being more official. Life was discovered. NASA was went then into blackballing him again and making him look like a kook and everything else, you know, in the realm of big feet and all this other shit. 
when he's a credible scientist. He's 95 years old now, people. So he's 95. He's, yeah, 95, probably 96. Now. I didn't know he was that but old. Yes, yes, definitely. But he's still smart as a whip. He still submits proposals over the years for NASA. You know how many rovers they sent there, missions. Each proposal gets denied, denied to put uh, to revamp the experiments even better, adding microscopes, things that could tell for sure. The last one it was denied. They sent home to him in the cab. They didn't even want it registered through the federal system that he had submitted another one. Why? The Mars 2020 rover is being launched next year. Okay, or wait, this is 2019 now. This year, 2020, yeah, 2020. next year it'll land in 2021. Therefore, but on board, there's a slew of experiments that they're so proud of, right? Of course, millions and billions, but not one detects life. They only look for possible signs of life. There's not one there that can say, okay, all that's good, but now let's do a test and see if we replicate for the basic uh, form of question. Is life on Mars? Read through the labeled release experiments. We could also have a percolate tester separate because they wanted to call the organic compounds uh, due to percolates. Some bullshit theory model they want to put in to make you think that Dr. Gill's findings are invalid or that he's a quack. And that's bullshit. So this would, would definitely settle the test. Let them have all their experiments. Add a percolator tester for their to debunk NASA's or to confirm NASA's stance. And Dr. Gill's labeled release experiments, which will confirm or deny what the Viking founders findings were. And this one would even be better. And there is no better technology, though, Seth Shostak like to argue with me, that, that we have so much better technology now. Really? Are, are you doing are you doing Richard Hoagland's voice again? Well, you know, <laughs> you know it's a habit. But I mean, the thing like is. That. Now, it's important, though, because it builds up the importance of why this Wells connection is even an issue. Right. And it goes right back to the Hoagland scenario of what he did to me and mine and the my show. He's still trying to do by manipulating through these others. Yes. And by okay. the way, let me let me tag on to that, Gary, really quickly here. Yes, sir. It seems like, you know, I, I did try to get Hoagland on the show maybe about four times. Yes. In it, total. Was, it was more than once. It yeah, was it was more than, than it was more than once. And once I started doing this show, I still tried again. However, this time around, a few months, I would say afterwards, uh, two of his people came back uh, on uh, through email, rather, and they were trying to get information uh, about other guests. And it was kind of insane. They were asking <laughs> me for my opinion on different things. And I thought, why would you want my opinion for yeah, you didn't want to answer his call to even come on his show or even honor him uh, right back, Mike, right? Uh, to answer back. Correct. But then you want uh, his advice on uh, help you get gas? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it was unusual. You're charging for your special clubs. Who you bullshitting? Mike ain't. That's true. See the true. difference? Why do I advertise Mike? Don't mess with me. It's my show. You don't want to hear it, don't hear it. But there are people that do. And it's growing one show at a time. And I'm on the job. But back to Dr. Gill, unless you want to add on to that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll add on to that really quickly here. Uh, For those that don't know, a NASA Mars 2020 mission passed all the critical heat shield testing that was a big concern for them. And that article was just up, I believe, just yesterday. For those that want to catch up to the story. 
Yes, and they've been prepping it, getting it ready. Right. And even if the petition worked, it wouldn't make a difference, really. It was more symbolic. But the, here's the fact. All right, President Trump told NASA, he asked NASA if he provided them with an unlimited amount of money to drop everything. And I mean fucking everything. An unlimited amount of money to get us to Mars in his first term. They turned it down. Even about his second term, but Trump was adamant, by my second term, I want it. But they still turned it down. All right, now think about that. They just said it wasn't possible. Bullshit. They're, they're, they're working for the commies and those that were feeding them, that were leading on us on this turtle pace next speed agenda. They want many more missions, many more billions, and to take us out to, well, we'll be dead before we see any, at least me. You know, I'm 48 now, right? So maybe me, it'll be 2050, 2060. We wouldn't even be in America if Hillary was elected, let alone us getting our boots to put on the face of Mars, like Vice President Mike Pence said, but I'm jumping. So, but NASA denied him. Okay, this petition on the WhiteHouse.gov site, you need 100,000 signatures for it to, you know, to float it and be put in the Congress, right? What not? Right. Now, 150, just 150 signatures would allow it to be seen on the site. Now, that, from what I was told, that was our plan, what we were going to do. And I was working behind the scenes. Everyone didn't have to know who's what's what. Even Mr. Wells, he didn't know need to know all my business and bullshit. But I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, his so, interview, by the way, with Dr. Uh, Gil Levin uh, was incredibly boring. The interview with him. Exactly. Uh, the, all, right, ah, all right, we're going to get to that. But I, I want to I spell up the importance to this. Yes. Because... For them to understand, they got on what was done was not only done to me because of those connections of the Dick Hoagland, the Dark Missionary Network, and whatever he's got going on with Wells. It was to do it to all of you. Now think of this: it takes 150 signatures for it to be seen on the WhiteHouse.gov page, right? Right. That would now Trump would see that, and being. The mindset that he is, since he can't be the president to get people to Mars in his first term, he can surely put it on route to be the president at the beginning of his second to answer life on Mars. Wouldn't he? That would be an opportunity for him to jump on. No other president has done that. No one president, other president had the balls because they were being politically driven. We weren't being driven by people that were out for we the people, but... For the Americans, for the un ungovernment, the UN, you know, for the takedown of the USA, that's what Trump's exposing. And notice how international collaboration—we're doing so many. We're giving our technologies away. We let them steal from us. We sold out to us. You think? And now we're wondering, oh, we're in a space race. I've been saying that years ago. No one's seen the importance of it but me. And, and people say, well, why, like, Mike, it was funny. Why do you talk so much of the space race? It's no space. I was like, bullshit, you blind mother effers. I know what's going on. I can see it. I sense it. I know what's going on. I know what the chinks are doing. I know what, uh, you know, the Russians are planning and what we're doing. But, I, you know, how do we believe it? Everything's just conspiracy theory. Now it all makes sense because now Trump had to create a space force where he says, we may have a space force. Think about it. He just told us we have a space force already. We may have a space force. It's code. Brookings. Disclosure. The one who would be the ones to tell us would be the officials, the presidents, to believe they just did it Brookings style. We may have a space force. We'll develop another one. It was so nonchalant, no one got it. 
He tells General Dunford that they had signed. Uh, all right, good luck, General. Now go get it. Go get what, I said. You know, it's like no one's noticing this. No one's noticing the fact that Vice President Mike Pence just a couple months or several months earlier said we're, we're going to put American boots on the face of Mars. Mike, the face of Mars. Well, actually, Holy shit. Actually, I have to cut in there and say the Trump administration wants astronauts on the moon by 2024, uh, if I recall correctly. Well, let's put it this way. They, they, NASA and, and there are positive steps for going to the moon too but I say we could do both at the same time and according to Pence he put NASA on check lately like hey if you cannot conform or you know come up to par with what we need and what we want to do we're going to go to someone else who can Elon Musk is a big leading contender yes. he could get a hundred astronauts there compared to three or four yeah that's another one big effing rocket that they right. pissed at him for smoking a doobie but yet he's visioning <laughs> the Martian revelation trying to send a hundred astronauts on one ship with over a hundred tons of cargo with it and that's one ship yeah, there's now, another – that's another gentleman I was going to mention to you, Elon Musk, who has been showing quite a lot of interest in wanting to go to Mars. Big time because the Martian revelations upon us. Now, then it's real. It's not just a show. It's not just a kick or a thing to join a special club to, okay? It's a reality that's going to be a part of all your lives just as end of days because we are in the end of days. But this time we're in a new timeline. And now we have to make our fate. And that's why I'm phased back through time to help make our fate. Because till kingdom come, it's going to go a different way around this time. Think of Biff in uh, Back to the Future movies. Think of something like that. You might get the concept without getting into it because I'm steering way off. So yes. the President Trump could pick up this thing just by seeing 150. Once it's seen on the page, he could pick it up without the 100,000 signatures and make it act. And then do for us and for Dr. Gill. He's 95. He deserves our respect. He deserves to have history told with his name in the history books. And he needs to be validated and vindicated. Would you at least not agree? Can you not at least respect that of a 95-year-old guy? For all we know, this is what he, his whole life he's still hanging on for. He's just... You know, at best, he's hoping that at least what positive comes out of this petition is some type of Mueller-like investigative probe to prove Dr. Gill was right before he passes. I mean, I know what he was saying. I, and he said this to on Wells' show, we explained this. But again, we're jumping ahead. So the importance of that is that would have helped Trump. But here's the thing. He would have heard of my name. Who wrote the petition? GL. Gill Levin. Gary Legier. Oh, has fooled some people and especially a certain Mr. Wells. But we're going, we're jumping ahead. Yes, let's get there I, now. So you were yeah, writing well, this, you got it prepped, and you were in contact with uh, Mr. Levin here. And yes. speaking of which, you haben't talked to him since the, the whole John B. Wells episode, correct? That is correct because of the position I was put in. And to be honest, I'm embarrassed and the man don't need the bullshit. I know what went on. You know, I think, know what went on. Of course. Dr. Gill does not deserve to have this shit thrown on him. It's not his fault at all. I think you probably should get in contact with him, though, pretty soon. I, I, I agree. I agree. It's just, I feel like I need to make some progress first. Well, it's been you some time, I mean? Gary. You, you got to go in there and, and uh, cheer the old man up a little. Yeah. 
You're well. You're right. You're right. You know, I I have nothing to say there, and that maybe it's, I am wrong. It's been a little bit of I time. Not so yet, but yeah. I, I just feel like some things need to be taken care of first, which is why one of the reasons I'm glad this show's happening this night, so it don't fade, just fade away. You know, be out there on the bite waves of the internet, and over time, the little ripple that was uh, dropped then about it will eventually. No, I need to make that ripple turn into a tidal wave as soon as possible. And he dug the pit himself. That's all I'm going to say, only to fall into the trap himself. And he's worried about scripture. I already laid out scripture on what I was breaking this down of what we're going to get into, of the fact that he fell in his own pit. And sometimes, be careful, Mr. Wells, as you go down, as a serpent may come out of the side of the pit and bite you in the ankle, given making it adding insult to injury, huh? Sound familiar? Yeah, we'll play that clip in a bit here. So tell us how the interview came to be, Gary. All right. Well, on I had him on. I asked him to be a guest on my show, a special guest, for the very purpose. I know what I needed to make this petition work. I look. I have to admit, I need networking. I don't have enough listeners for something like that, and that's okay. I'm not knocking my own self in the ass. I'm just being realistic. I got a job to do. Right. In time, but I don't have enough time. So I had to go to where I would figure the best sources would be to do that networking to help create a chain of events. Now, I had lined up a newspaper, I'm not going to say which one, in Florida that was waiting for that. All right, I'm jumping ahead. I, so I had him on in February, okay? And, you know, we I thought it was a pretty good show, and we, him and I pretty much seen on, on the same levels. He did plug out his show now and then and about show specials, two weeks, you know, go join up, and they'll definitely want to come back for more special price, you know, yada, yada, yada. I figure I'll let that slide. Big deal. He's, you know, he's John B. Wells, right? You know, you know, he's got his respect, and I need his help. Because why, why do I have him there? Because I had to humble myself to help Dr. Gil Levin. Because it's my job to do so where these other people who you would think and that you pay for and all that bullshit to do that to bring you the truth never had the balls to do it themselves. Ain't that right, Dick Hoagland? Can you handle the truth? He does of a show after destroying mine many years later. I say, bitch, you can't even tell the truth. Prove me wrong. But anyway, so I had him on, you know, and it, 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 it flowed good. I don't know if you heard it. You know, I heard it. I'm not, I can't critic myself. But, you know, I, I thought it was good. He also gave me a blurb for the show, which was cool. You know, strap in tight. Yeah, why? Was it a fucking I was going to get? That's why. And that's where we're going to go. But, hey, check this out. He didn't know that yet neither, nor did I. Only in time did that become relevant, didn't it, Mike? Because I asked him, please help us for Dr. Gill. I was creating a petition. I threw in the spiel I was trying to lay out to you all because we could bypass science. Seth Sostak also got mad at me. He's like, let me tell you how it's done, Gary. Science isn't done by petitions. It isn't done by order, you know having the president order put on such and such on the mission or put not put. And I was like, damn it, it, it! It's incredible that we have the need to do so, but we have the right to do so. You see, Doctor Gill is not an unqualified scientist. Okay, he was saying, oh, it's for qualified scientists, and I could have countered, hey, but that I didn't. I would have seen more argumentative. I just wanted to get certain things from him, and he let us know his position. And he was angry at that. Why? 
why is science, the progression of science and facts and truths, so dangerous to these people? They're so afraid to become wrong in their theories. That the shift. How are you going to teach the people and make human progress? That's how things get just up, pushed on the rugs. And Smithsonian, anybody? Giant bones, anybody? Let alone faces of Mars imagery, anybody? Same shit. All right. But uh, different aspect. But it, look, we all have a right to do so. I think all your listeners at least would agree we would have a right to do so. Even you, right? And that would make sense. And it's bad that that is that way. But we didn't set them up that way. That's how they treated us that way, to keep these secrets from us. While the DOD and whoever else was really interested in Dr. Gill's findings, they're the ones that ultimately are in the coots that pay NASA, so it's their policy. So when we have Mike Pence saying we're going to put American boots on the face of Mars a few months before Trump said about the creation of the Space Force and then signing it, all in a fast amount of time now, mind you, could it be we're in a time actually we're, at, we're coming to a point where we need to be told? But anyway, he said American boots on everyone's class. Happened. They didn't even notice what he said because he said American boots. If they're creating in, in, in line for a space force, the boots don't mean international collaboration of astronauts because he said American boots. It's American military boots. They're not bringing flags and flowers. They're bringing M60s. And where are they going to land? Where are they going to be put? On the face of Mars. Now, the face of Mars, What is that? How's that important? Well, it tells us location. The government, the presidents themselves attributing us to the face of Mars. We know what it is, right? But here's what NASA, NASA also officially calls that the face of Mars. But they detract it and say it's a mesa, it's a mountain, it's a hill. Look, they don't even know what the hell it is. They can't even make up their mind. Gary, but we're yet, getting a little bit, we're getting far off track here, Gary. You're starting well, to lose well, some of the people here. Relevant overall. Unless we're in a rush, because that builds up, because then people see the mindset of why this petition was so important. So we missed, but you're right, my bad, okay. Mr. Wells could have helped us do that, which we set up in a show. We set up a show after he was on mine for Dr. Gill, myself, the, and the petition. Really, it was for Dr. Gill and them, but I was asked to come on by John Robertson, his producer. And, okay, I had to fill out a form just like uh, Dr. Gill did, and we submitted them fine, and I gave him a, a quick bio and points, and so did Dr. Gill. Right. Now, we did the interview, and it was to help spur the petition. And it went great. Dr. Gill was smiling. You could see him smiling. You got to see my mug. I was polite. Uh, I only... Hawked, I made sure I buttoned my lip unless John asked me something for sp specifically or if there was a dead space like I could add on for Dr. Gill. Oh, tell him about this. Tell John about this. Or when, you know, remind him because Mr. Wells wasn't that affluent with Dr. Gill. But I waited for opportunities. I wasn't trying to steer the show or him or nothing. Yeah. I, re I was, it was with respect. He made and mention that of that. Seen. Yeah, he made mention of that in the clip. We'll, we're going to be playing that in a few here. Right. And everything went good. Then there was an internet uh, an outage, he said. But yet I seen him get up and walk away. Okay. Ten minutes later, he comes back all flustered, looking confused, not knowing like, oh, what do I do type of look. Well, he came back on and he won and, you know, we were given final points. He was winding down the show and I was thinking already. 
I mean, again, Dr. Gill was happy. He was smiling. Uh, we had good dialogue back and forth for about a good 45 minutes, almost an hour. And that's when this Internet, uh, and it was on video through Zoom. Uh, I tried recording it on my end, but I had to delete it after the fact because it was only recording my sound. It didn't record nothing else, so I deleted it. So that was stupid. But anyway, that's the Zoom and, you know, the settings on a computer. Anyway, I wanted to use Skype. But anyway, uh, so we did it. We wound down. and But before we wound down, he brought up Hoagland's name. Hmm. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to, you know, have thinking about Richard Hoagland. I, I'm, I'm going to have him on as a guest again. That's weird. I'm, just, I'm thinking to myself, boy, that came out of nowhere. Right. But okay. But I'll remind you on my show a couple months previous, he didn't even remember who Hoagland was. Now, think about this. So I'm like thinking to myself, Hoagland, what does that have to do with this? And Dr. Gill, you can see his face, his brows go. It's kind of funny, the faces he makes. And, and I was like, hell oh, shit, what does that have to do with Hoagland? Uh, and then I was go, oh, well, that's good. Then he goes, well, yeah, you know, heard that, uh, you know, Dr. Robin Falcoff, blah, 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 had passed. I was, is that true? I said, well, yes, he's been putting out a lot of announcements going around that. Yeah, apparently she passed. Yes, yes, you know. It's sad. It's a shame. It's sad. Uh, it's such a sad thing. I said, well, yeah, you know, he, he died. She died from cancer. I said, yes, it's sad. It's sad that oh, happens Robin. to people. Yeah. I said, it's sad it happens to people. You know, not that it happened to her. And I got my reasons for that. And many of you out there know that. But this night ain't for that. So, and then he goes, oh, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, why do I feel like this guy's trying to bait me? Why is he rushing us toward an end? Like, his whole demeanor changed. Dr. Gill is smiling. Now Dr. Gill was like, with one brow raised, what the hell's going on? You know, and I, me too. And he was gone for like 10 minutes for this so-called internet outage. But yet I could see him walking around. Then I said, wait a minute. If the internet's out, how is it I see him getting up and then coming back 10 minutes later and then coming back on? That doesn't make sense to me. That makes no uh, sense. All right. Now, now, mind you, in, during this, I took a break. His, his uh, other producer, Cassie, uh, someone, some cute blonde. I, I don't know. So I, I picked up my bowl and I smoked them. You know, they were not on the air. You know, <laughs> so I smoked the bowl. Sure. And uh, I took a big deal. Big deal. You know, yeah. now, um, all right, so he comes back on, uh, and like I said, I'm not smoking it then or nothing. I was smoking cigarettes. You know, sure, it's sure. Maybe too much, I admit. All right, but that that's nothing bad. So he goes, and he brings that up. Then he leads it the show to an end, asking me, you know, to plug the site where they can find the petition. Not a lot of that. He'll, you know, he'll put the petition up uh, on 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 the archive page and all this. Okay, great, great. All right, thank you very much for being on. It was a great show. Okay, click, click. And I'm like, okay, an hour later I write, hey, sir, I'm getting messages from people. Uh, when can we expect this uh, link or where? So Just so I could tell them. Uh, nothing. No comments. Nothing. Okay, I email his, uh, his uh, uh, John Robertson, the producer. That dude seemed to be a cool dude. You know, I mean, I I'm not having nothing to knock against anyone. I was appreciative, you know. So, and I was polite to everyone. Now, here's the thing. Nothing, no reply. Then not later, I'm like, okay. Now I start sending phone messages. Nothing, and nothing. how long was that, Gary, by the way? That, huh? How long did that last, the no, uh, no response? Right. Mm -hmm. 
It last. It was supposed. The show was supposed to, I think, appear later that night or the next night. I forget. But either way, I was either later that night, why I didn't hear nothing, or the next day I didn't hear nothing. I went to his website. I couldn't see anything. I had to pay five bucks. Join two two weeks. The first thing you hit with is you know a hundred bucks tab to join here, or and then some other price there a month, and then in the middle uh, five bucks for two weeks. All right, I paid a five bucks for two weeks to access the, where I was hoping to access the archive. I'm like, I look down, I see Dr. Gill. Oh, great. Then I look at it. Wait a minute. I only see Dr. Gill? And the time, it, it just it looked different. I was like, what the fuck? I click on it. What the hell is this? John B. Wells starts reading off a, a, a scripted bio, which he, he originally read for me, our bios, because remember, I said we sent in paperwork, right? So at the, the first go around when the show started, the interview, he read them both right, correct, for each individual, Dr. Gills, Gil, Dr. Gills, mine, mine. So this new interview, I'm like, what the fuck is this? And he starts reading... And then you see Dr. Gill's face. He looked confused. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> he skipping. He was smiling no more. You're, you're skipping around. Like, by the way, Gary, uh, you're not telling the audience that this is a separate interview. That was a follow-up interview from the show where Dr. I mean, Dr. Where John B. Wells was on mine in February. We finally got to do it. What was it? In April? Yeah, I believe it was in April, Mar March, April, May. This is May now. April. More. I think it was in April. But it, either way, it's on the archives at thefacesofmars.com. Uh, and Mike Deacon could always lean a, a link on there or something if that's cool with you, bro. But uh, the thing is, we had set up for Dr. Gill and myself to be on to push the petition. Because when show. he was on my show, right. I wanted him to help us for Dr. Gill. I had to humble myself. And I admitted it on the show. And, you know, I wasn't going to bullshit him because it's for a bigger purpose. You know, I'm trying to do my job that others should have been doing long ago. You understand, everybody? Does that make sense? And you don't have to join any special clubs to me or any special subscriptions for me to do my job for you. I need your donations. So does Mike. Anyone could use your donations. But watch out when they want you to join special clubs and special subscriptions. That's all I'll say. So anyway, after this event, nothing, no word from them. Right. I, I listen to this show. I'm blown away. He reads out the paper of Dr. Gill's bio like he had just brought him on, like like it was a new interview, like the one we did didn't even exist. I'm like, what the fuck? Now I know the probably the look of confusion on Dr. Gill's face. The face that he makes is kind of funny, you know, especially looking at it in this light because he was reading, uh, rereading his bio, but he deliberately messed up. Got info wrong, said that the name of the – he will not reveal the source of the name who gave him the info, which was me, because it was faulty. Therefore, he tore it up or he, and he threw it on the floor and laughed. But let me pick that back up. He tried to make a whole play in the skit out of it to make me look bad, at least in Dr. Gill's eyes. But how in Dr. Gill's eyes when he just read both of our bios correctly the same day, an hour and a half before? I mean, how, what, 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 what is Mr. Wells losing his mind? Is he the one that is, you know, Dr. Gill's 95, his mind is strong and his brow is up like, what the hell's going on? I seen that at least. And, but he was following with Mr. Wells. Who knows what was said after we were on when he hung up with me? 
How'd he get Doc? How'd he get Doctor Levin to stay there, redo an interview, and then go out of his way to make me look bad, saying that the information that was provided to him says that Doctor Gill is closely connected to Enterprise and the Hoagland, which he knew that wasn't true because he just read the right bios before. So what the hell is he doing? Oh yeah, well we'll get to that, right, Mike? Because he says, according to him, he was saving me. But let me <laughs> jump ahead. So I'm like, okay, finally, I get, I, I send the message to him. I call him this time. He picks up. I'm on the phone right now with I don't know some name. Like who? How the hell? Why tell me the name? Just tell me you're on the phone with someone. You'll call me back. I'm on the phone with such and such right now. I don't know who the name was, but I'll call you back. I'm thinking, yeah, right. You know, but sure enough, 20 minutes later, half hour, he calls me back. And now at this point, I had already heard the interview. I seen it, the video with Dr. Gill and himself. And I'm going to tell you something. The interview we had, Dr. Gill was smiling. There was there was no dead air. There was flow between everyone and, and, and conversations between myself, John, and John and Dr. Gill, and me helping Dr. Gill to, you know, to tell John about a few things that he might not have you know, that he obviously he didn't get to tell him what John didn't know of just to prevent dead air. And uh, he seemed to have a problem with that anyway, but he explains that later in that recording. So I'm like, what the hell happened? I figured out what happened, especially because of this phone call. Mike, this might be where you want to oh, yes. come in because I think certain things bother you, let alone me. But uh, Michael let's, is let's the one who there. wanted to do this. I didn't ask him. I didn't twist his arm for this. I don't know what to expect either, but I know that the truth must be told. The, told, the truth must be shown because what he did to me, whether you want to believe Hoagland was on the phone and behind all this or not, okay? I know where he was, but it don't matter to you. But he did kick you in the nuts too. Why? Because he prevented this truth to come out to you. He prevented Dr. Gill. He punked Dr. Gill. He's 95. We all could have made the difference, and they could not have that. Now with my name connected, go, Mike. I'll shut up for a minute. Where, wow, if you long you want me to. <laughs> um, you were closely connected to the Enterprise mission and uh, Richard C. Hogan. So, you know, some people have said, ah, uh, Hogan was never at NASA. Remember, That's not true, is it? I was never connected with that. What's that? I was never, did you say I was connected with it? No, well, no, no. yes, once closely connected to the Enterprise mission and Richard Hoagland. No, never. No, I'm steering <laughs> Okay. Organisms. <laughs> I don't want to entertain those things those people saw. Oh, no kidding? Yeah. Well, without being ugly, tell us what you mean, because this is all about whatever the truth is. Well... Well, without being brutal or slamming somebody, I mean, we don't want to punish anybody, but but what what is it, Doctor? No, nah, you only just want to prosecute and punish me. I've got solid data by laboratory methods, and I can't get that accepted. Now, I don't want to start interpreting things visually that appear, because it's easy to be deceived visually, and there's arguments back and forth about is that part shadow, is it real, et cetera. So if I get into that... Yeah, now let me go back to the part where he's crumbling up the paper in case anyone did not hear that. That's when uh, John B. Wells is actually reading the wrong bio, and that shows an error on his part. And It shows tent. 
and it's clear that he botched that and then he started using uh the whole bio thing as some sort of an excuse when once you started talking to him on the phone conversation which was very weird um gary i i was completely baffled by it all but let's let's play that one more time so people would hear that you know um you were closely connected to the enterprise mission and uh richard c hogan so you know some people have said ah hogan was never at nasa that's not true is it i was never connected what's that i was never did you say i was connected with it no well yes once closely connected to the enterprise mission and richard hogan no, never. No, I steered it. Okay. Yeah, so he's basically laughing because he screwed up. But he's laughing, and the way that he does it, he records. We were recording. It was not live, okay? It was not live. Between him, my, him, Dr. Gill, and myself... To us, that's live together, but to the rest of the world, no, he was recording it. There's a difference. So when he does that, it tells us not only is, oh, he botched it up, bullshit. He is intent, corruptive intent to create a scene, a scene to which none of you would know because none of you would know that we already did in an interview. You see the point? Therefore, he deliberately reads the wrong Bio for Dr. Gill, you should play what he says after that about, oh, the person that gave this info to me will remain nameless. And therefore, Dr. Gill raises his brow in the video. Uh, me, therefore, Dr. Gill knows that that was me. I'm the one that sent the papers to him. Yes, that's what is Therefore, he's trying to make Dr. Gill think that I provided the wrong info while his brows is raised because Dr. Gill's thinking, I'm sure... We just went over this. I mean, how? What do you? What is this? <laughs> so he tried to create a whole new thing to paint me in a bad light. Okay, go ahead. Amazing. Now this is the next clip. Here is, I believe, this is the phone conversation already between uh, you and John B. Wells. Let's play that here. Never tell a guy I'm going to call him back unless I'm going to call him back. Well, like I'm saying, you're not a man who doesn't bullshit. I mean, you're a man, you're a man who doesn't bullshit, and you know you call it out like it is. And I don't know what happened. That was that wasn't. I don't know. I don't understand. I'm thrown back, and also this forces a real a big embarrassment on me. And plus, I also had to pay to hear it on top of it. So <laughs> that's a, that's an insult to injury. Yeah. So look, um, wow. So he also insults you there too. It's funny. Look, I say plus, you know, because I was alluding to the message. I'm trying to keep it cool and sound like a fool. You know why? Now, so oh, ha 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 ha. I had to pay, you know, to go. I had to pay on your site to go find out that you didn't put up our archive. You did another one. Ha ha ha. He laughs. Well, talk about adding insult under injury. He just admitted that he created injury for me, and now that he's adding insult to it. And it's funny to him. Amazing. Let's play that again. And, you know, you call it out like it is. And I don't know what happened. That, was, that wasn't, I don't know. I don't understand. I'm thrown back. And also, this forces a real a big embarrassment on me. And plus, I also had to pay to hear it on top of it. So. <laughs> that's, a, 
That's adding an insult to injury. Yeah. So look, um, wow. Ain't that some shit? That's um. Now pretty cold. And, and and that's just the, really the beginning of the call, pretty much. From what I recall, uh, this he goes through several different scenarios to try to paint a picture to me, like I'm going to accept it. Like each one, worse than the next, is all because something wrong with me or something I did is the reason why I had to pay to get on that site to see a different interview up there again. Like you said, it put me to sleep. The one we did, Dr. Gill was smiling. He was rocking. It was a, you know, it would have been an awesome show. And I, you know, I wanted to tell him, and I did in a message. I was like, well, that's what, you don't like, you don't want your listeners to like me. You don't want them, you know, if there was any offending content or anything wrong, you could easily put a picture over it or you could edit it. Hold on, Gary. You're jumping ahead. Hold on, Gary. Let me play the yes. rest of this. His bio page. Yeah. I was yeah, see, he goes on to talk about the bio page, and he went he went at length uh, to talk about a bio page, and he's just like the Democrats trying to come up with one thing after another. Check it out, guys. It was the bio the page. Weirdest, that was important. It was the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I've, I've never heard a grown man talk at least twenty minutes about a bio page, and. I didn't. I didn't see any significance. I didn't see how that was relevant to anything, really. I, you know, I don't really give a shit if you worked for this or that place. And right. he ran with it for like twenty minutes in, in the conversation. Right. And remember, as trying to reason out to me to try to not make me pissed or think I'm stupid of why I'm not seeing our interview up there. After we did the interview, he also closed it out. He rushed. After the so-called internet outage, that must have been Richard calling in. This guy, what you want now? For all I know, Richard paid him. He threatened him never to be on his show or something. Something happened. But go ahead. Because there's more people. There's and a lot more. And it gets even weirder. <laughs> all right, here we go. Bio that he sent, along with this information there, a little, little brief biography about the guy. Oh, you mean the actual paper? Yeah, the little paper that describes who he is and what he does. Right, the, the PDF that I also filled out too. John, uh, Dr. Gill sent that to me, and I wrote, I did mine, and I just sent them both to Mr. Robertson, like okay. like you guys asked. Actually, I, I think you may be perceiving this as being worse or more severe than it really is. Well, something's okay. wrong here, man. But well, go ahead. I thought that what you were going to do was arrange an interview with Dr. Levan and myself. That was the original yeah. thing. That was the original yeah. plan. I didn't have no expectations, but then John said, yeah, we'd like you both to appear. I said, oh, okay, well, all right, great, because uh, because of the petition. Yeah. And now, you know, you were spearheading it, and, well, I don't know. I just had a feeling Mr. Hoagland has a hand in this, but go ahead. Yes, and that's when you started to tell him your history with Richard Hoagland, and that went on for a long time. And that's when he finally kind of got annoyed with you. And that's when he started saying this. See, right there, he's telling you that he got too much Gary. So and then he was saying he's I was clearly, it. He's clearly telling you that he was annoyed by the episode, that 
he didn't hear enough of his own voice. So that's why his pussy got hurt. He's full of shit. And if he was to put out that video, I said, I want that video. I want because it would totally prove everything he's going through wrong. But go ahead. Here we go. If you're interviewing him with me with him on you. Here, let, let's play that back. Let's hear his his pussy get very angry. I was getting too much Gary. Too much Gary. Clearly, he's upset. Clearly, continue. That you were kind of running as if you were interviewing him with me with him on your show. It may not look good to you, but the way I see it, your ass was saved, and I'll tell you why. Oh, he saved you. That's a good old <laughs> Reverend John B. Wells, ladies and gentlemen. He saved you. Can you believe that, Gary? He was looking out for you. That was more like concerned trolling. No, the rubber glove was surprisingly gentle. Amazing. Let's go back to that again, hearing John B. Wells clearly upset that there was too much Gary and not enough of his own voice. cool that you said well, you know okay i'm about to get to the good part do you know what's on his bio page i did here we go back to the bio page <laughs> ladies and gentlemen you have to understand i cut out a, a lot in other words i cut out a lot page, the bullet report i cut out a lot of the audio because john b wells harping back to the bio page like it it means anything to anyone no one cares so and he, Mike can always put up the link for you all to, to actually hear, listen yeah. to Wells as well to hell to get more in depth. But go ahead, Mike. You're rocking us right on. Yeah, but it's true, though. He just went on and filibustered with the whole bio thing. It's like no one gives a fuck, man. So here we go again. <laughs> Not read it. He said it was finished. I took him at his word, and I sent it to Mr. Robertson immediately. All right. Well, let me tell you what was on his page. Do you have a copy of his page? Did you ever see his page? Uh, I, oh, I guess I still have it. I sent it uh, because I, when I see, see something, uh, apparently the Dr. Gill's mail wasn't going to Mr. Robertson. It was just coming back to me. So I, since Dr. Gill sent it to me, I sent it along with mine. I am the I am the one on my page. I'm, I said I am the one that was uh, part once part of Enterprise, me, on my page, not his. Any people that I've discovered to be assholes, I have never done anything to them. I have never talked any shit about them, with the sole exception of... Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you're... you're <laughs> even in your voice, how I know you, that's why... What's that, Gary? Did he just call me an asshole? I think I missed that. Uh, can you play that again? All right, hold on. I think he just called me an asshole. Let's go. I Since Dr. Gill sent it to me, I sent it along with mine. I am the I am the one on my page. I I said I am the one that was uh, part once part of Enterprise. Me on my page, not his. Any people that I've discovered to be assholes, I have never done any. No, he said anyone who he discovers to be an asshole. That I never had done anything to them, anything wrong. But we know that he did to me. Therefore, he's calling me an asshole. Go ahead. Amazing. Plain. I have never talked any shit about them with the 
Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you're, you're even in your voice. How I know you. That's why I even wanted to have you on. You are, you are a voice of the future, the Martian Revelation. More ways yeah, than one. Just being, <laughs> you heard Pence the other day. It's on. His own words said it, sir. You are a no bullshit guy. I respect you, and uh, you know. Yes, so I don't think you feel the same way now, though. Do you, Gary? No, and I didn't then. I knew what was up, but you know what I was doing. That's I was true. playing the fool because this guy. Look. We already seen what he was doing. Go ahead, there's more. Oh, uh, yes. You'll see why. Oh, that's why I wanted to have you on. Well, I appreciate that. Now I'm going to get to hit you with a good one. If you go back and see Dr. LeBim's guest sheet, you will notice two things. One of them is there's no mention of him being Dr. LeBim. Why? So why, don't, why, don't, why don't I see Dr. LeBim here? He goes, well, I do have a PhD in whatever he said it was, an MA in something else. Okay, so you're Dr. Levin, you're not Gil. Okay, fine. And then the interview went on. I said, now, sister, did you first look at the associate with Enterprise mentioned Richard C. Hope? They said, no, I would never associate with them. I don't want anything to do with those. Well, that's on, that's on the show I heard, but that wasn't on the show with me, him, and you. Well, that's correct, but isn't it a good thing that it wasn't on the show that you were on? Because then he would have had to say, with you on the show, I don't have anything to do with Richard C. Hovland. I don't want anything to do with those people. And it would have looked as though, because you two were together, that you were okay with this information, which turns out to be completely wrong. So the question is, if that's not the case, how did that information get on his guest sheet? You're telling me that he was one part of... Richard C. Hovland and an Enterprise Mission closely associated, worked, I believe the exact words are, worked closely with Enterprise Mission and Richard Hoagland. The C was in the C. That was, that, was, that, was on, that was on my page. How did it get on his? Well, let me tell you something. That's a good question, isn't it? And isn't it a good thing that when, and look, I could tell you for high, okay? And other people know what people who get high look like. They do it too. That's not going to help you either. This is video, not radio. You can do what you want when you're on radio. You can't do that on video. So look. Oh. All right. You can't do that on video when that was not supposed to be a part of the video interview since you said you went on uh, some sort of break because of his It wasn't a internet. break. It was a, he said the internet went down. The internet went out, yeah. But if the internet went down, looking back, how is it that I still see him getting up, leaving, exactly. coming back 10 minutes later, flustered, frustrated look on his face like he was trying to figure out how to do something? Exactly. I, I just don't understand any of that, and so really. What? And so what? Like you just said, it's a recording. He could have fucking edited it out. He could have put a splash picture if I did by chance, which I didn't, while supposedly we were doing the main thing. Of Like I said, Cassie was on there. Oh, he's make, she's making an excuse for him. Oh, the internet's out. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay. But yet we're connected. Get you connected. That. But anyway, uh, Ridiculous. that's it. I mean, he could have blocked it out. Edit. Simple problem. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, but now, like I said, during this it's clip that I've been... During this clip that I'm playing with the Reverend John B. Wells, he's saying that he basically saved your ass uh, because you were high during the interview I found that a little strange because I always thought he was and someone. Was it a wrong info? I always thought and he was. Wrong info. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Gary, it's okay. We both love each other. It's all right, Gary. I'm on your side, Gary. Don't worry. <laughs> That's cool. I just have a habit of doing that, listeners. I, I, I try not to, but this thing gets okay. me so. You're fired up. <sighs> Don't worry. I, I, I appreciate that. It's all good. I just found it a little strange because I always thought he was someone 
that stands for individual freedoms. He claimed to be this proponent of freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Oh, no, quite the contrary, correct? Right. Instead, he's got a big plank up his ass about weed, which I didn't say anything. If you notice, I didn't say nothing. I was like, this guy's making excuses. Just keep playing dumb. Go oh, ahead, yes. Mike, because there's it, more to it. Right. He's going to, so he's trying to save me from what? From looking bad. He'll eventually say that. Yes. Yeah. Save me. What's a, what, now we're going through. Okay. How are these things saving me? Okay. Boom. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. There's little things I can understand. I might have pissed you off. No, you didn't. How old are you, 35? Uh, 48. Okay, 48. Big fucking deal. You have no idea how young you are, okay? Just remember that. But this worked out perfectly. You invited to the club. Yeah, it did. You brought me on your show. We had a good time. That's good. You hooked me up with Gil Levin. But no mention of doctor was there. I got down and I added it to the sheet when we started over. The Richard, the Richard Hoagland and the Enterprise Mission thing was there. If I had read that, if I, if you'd been sitting there, we're talking back and forth about this and that, and then I had said... Well, if he was, that would be... With Enterprise Mission and Richard Hoagland, you know how that would have made you look? How? It wasn't me. I didn't fill out the fucking paper. It doesn't, it doesn't make any difference. That's not what the, the audience has no idea. For all the audience knows, we're all buddy buddies and each other for years. And maybe bring the older guy on there so a bit of a stretch. We all know each other, otherwise we wouldn't be doing this thing. There's a suggestion, there's a camaraderie, and that we're all on the same page. The fact is, we weren't. You hung out to drive. And as it is... What did he say? Someone hung, hung his ass to dry? Yeah, I was... I had a problem uh, with the mic trying to capture the sound. It kept slipping. Uh, the gist I got out of that is he's trying to make up an excuse for if I was there and he had read that, oh, Dr. Gill uh, being a part of Enterprise Mission, and if I was there, I would look bad. But yet he's the guy, same guy that said, oh, I'm not going to reveal his name, uh, you know, but why not? He made, tried to make me look bad to everyone else that may have knew I brought Dr. Gill on. People knew I was going to have that interview that day. That's why right. I was hounding them because they wanted to fucking link to the archive. And he wasn't answering me until I paid for it to find out, which, hey, uh, talk about insult to injury. Okay. Amazing. I'm still completely baffled by it all. Out of all people, I never thought he it was would. A I never thought he would be that way. That uh, He really did not come across in a good way uh, during any of this phone conversation I've heard. And I've interviewed him twice before, and I know he took some sort of issue with me, I'm sure, because I haven't heard back from him uh, or his camp in a long, long time. And that's usually the way it goes, boys and girls. You never know who you have heat with. And there seems to be plenty of people out there that have heat with me. So be it, you know, I welcome it. I live for those beefs, to, to be completely honest with you. And I'll just say John B. Wells, uh, he's changed. I've said it before, but now I realize that this was not pure speculation. Hearing this solidifies what I always thought was true about John B. Wells. The whole Christian thing is bullshit. Uh, he's a fake. He's a phony. Just like most people I've met in the Los Angeles area. Bunch of parasites out there. And listen... Back in 2006, I was actually already trying to get into uh, the business and all sorts of things went south. Uh, just like today, I hear people promise me this thing or that, but I know they won't follow up on it. Most people are fake and phony in show business. That shouldn't be a surprise. Just like those hacks at Premier Radio, just like that 
cardiomyopathy victim out there who I won't name because I don't want to get threatened and get sued again. And it wouldn't be the first time. Don't get me wrong. I will name him, but I won't. Not until he's at least uh, six feet underground, as they say. And uh, Gary, uh, Gary, and for the record, uh, fuck, fuck Michael Vera and, and Daryl too. Well, not literally. Maybe that's too far. But I got plenty, yeah. plenty of things to say about these two characters. But I'll just, I'll just leave it up to uh, this uh, in the terms of how the streets refer to what they did. They pulled some whole ass shit on me, my friend, and you know all about that. But we won't get into that since this has really nothing to do with them. Right. Right. Um, Gary, my God, that, that was such a weird conversation. Uh, I, I got to hear that audio again a little, a few minutes uh, back here. Is that cool with you? Yeah, and there's still even more ahead. That's just as perplexing and more shows his complicitness. All right, here we go. He said it was finished. I took him at his word and I sent it to Mr. Robertson immediately. All right, well, let me tell you what was on his page. Do you have a copy of his page? Did you ever see his page? Uh, I, well, I guess I still have it. I sent it uh, because I, when I CC something, uh, apparently right. the Dr. Gill's mail wasn't going to Mr. Robertson. It was just coming back to me. So I, since Dr. Gill sent it to me, I sent it along with mine. I am the I am the one on my page. I'm, I said I am the one that was uh, part once part of Enterprise, me, on my page, not his. Any people that I've discovered to be assholes, I have never done anything to them. I have never talked any shit about them, with the sole exception of... Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you're, you're even in your voice, how I know you, that's why I even wanted to have you on. You are you are a voice of the future, the Martian revelation, more ways than one. The space race, if you heard Pence the other day, it's on. His own words said it. Sir, you are a no-bullshit guy. I respect you, and, uh, you know, so that's why I wanted to have you on. Well, I appreciate that. Now I'm going to get to the issue of the good part. Mm. If you go back to the Dr. LeBem's guest sheet, you will notice two things. One of them is there's no mention of him being Dr. LeBem. Why? So why, don't, why, don't, why don't I see Dr. LeBem here? He goes, well, I do have a PhD in whatever he said it was, and then I something else. I said, okay, so you're Dr. LeBem, you're not Gil. Okay, fine. And then the interview went on. I said, now, sister, Mike, wait. What's that? Wait. All right. You heard what he just said? Right. Your doctor. Now, he did say that when he read the paper to Dr. Gill the first time. Uh, he read it right, but he was like, oh, but you're not a – oh, it doesn't say doctor. It should say doctor, and he laughs. That would have been seen and heard on the original interview. But go ahead. Well, that's on that's on the show I heard, but that wasn't on the show with me, him, and you. Well, that's correct, but isn't it a good thing that it wasn't on the show that you were on? Because then he would have had to say, with you on the show, I don't have anything to do with Richard C. Hogan. I don't want anything to do with those people. And it would have looked as though, because you two were together, that you were okay with this information, which turns out to be completely wrong. So the question is, if that's not the case, how did that information get on his guest sheet? You're telling me that he was one part of... Richard C. Hoagland and an Enterprise Mission, closely associated, worked, well, I believe the exact words are, worked closely with Enterprise Mission and Richard Hoagland. The C was in the city. That was that was that was on that was on my page. How did it get on his? Well, let me tell you something. That's a good question. And isn't it a 
could tell you were high, Gary. Yeah, right. Sure. Sure he did. He was he's bullshitting because remember I'm playing dumb now. I really wanted to say, motherfucker, you just read the bios correctly the first time. You know how the main question is here that he's avoiding, which is the obvious question that I didn't ask is, where's our interview? Why are you doing it again? But go ahead, I was playing him like he was me. Go ahead, Gary. You're just high. You need you need Jesus in your life. <laughs> hey man, hey, he's I, just I, trying I, to I'm save you. Jesus gave, I, yeah. He's just trying to save you, Gary. Jesus gave me. He, Jesus has one trip for him, and he went down that pit himself. Yeah, keep going. This is interesting. I want them to hear it. I mean, you know, he is a reverend, so he's just trying to save your soul, Gary. <laughs> Don't turn your yeah. back from Jesus, okay? <laughs> Here we go. That's not going to help you either. This is video, not radio. You can do what you want when you're on radio. You can't do that on video. So look. Okay, this little thing's I can understand. I might have pissed you off. Except my things. No, you didn't. How old are you? 35? Uh, 48. Okay, 48. Big fucking deal. You have no idea how young you are, okay? Just remember that. But this worked out perfectly. You invited to the club. Yeah, it did. You brought me on your show. We had a good time. That's good. You hooked me up with Gil Levin. But no mention of Doctor was there. I got down and I added it to the That would be Enterprise Mission, Richard Hogan. You know how that would have made you look? How? It wasn't me. I didn't fill out the fucking paper. It doesn't does make any difference. That's not what the, the audience has no idea. For all the audience knows, we're all buddy buddies with each other for years. And maybe bring the older guy on there so we can do the We all know each other, otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this thing. There's a suggestion, there's a camaraderie, and that we're asking me where is it and now when they hear dr no, gill on your show you said the person that gave me this info no let me just say the person that gave me this info uh basically it cannot be listened to cannot be trusted and many people now are thinking you're you know giving me that bad name because they knew i told people and hopeland must have found out beforehand And that's where it cuts off. Uh, he could easily just edit that part out, whatever offended him. It will only take a few moments. Something that he there doesn't... No, there were no that, offending things in our interview right, we did. But I'm trying to say... To come up, right, uh, right. But Gary, I'm just trying to say, if he was offended by anything, it would just take a few seconds to edit that out. Because exactly. we both know that he's not personally editing anything himself. He's just talking. So why... It would be an issue to me. It's just kind of uh, kind of paints the picture itself. If you catch my drift. Right. It seems he has a problem with me. But go ahead. It, it has, you're right. Go ahead. Well, it, it cut out there. We, we only have one more clip. And that's when it seems like John gets really furious with you and hangs up. Oh, but before you play that, you didn't go ahead. capture the clip. You didn't capture the clip where uh I said, I guess I'm, I'm fucked out of a show. Well, yes, but uh, let's chalk it up for uh, I, that I owe you one because uh, thanks for bringing me Dr. Gill. I was pissed off, man. 
And uh, at I that mean, point, I'm sure you were pissed uh, off, right? And he tells me, remember why I said I told other people? Then he, it's like he forgets because then he says, "Don't oh, you, did you tell other people? Yes. Well, tell them this instead. That's he said. Tell them something else instead. So he wanted me to be complicit on the conspiracy he made for me with Hoagland to help them with it, to lie to my listeners right. and him to lie to his. Yeah, he wanted you to lie. <laughs> yeah, let, let me help you ram that up my ass. I'm not a fag. I, I was just get it? I was just completely baffled again, like I said, by the whole thing. And here's, yeah, here's he part deliberately four. staged a new show. Pretended like the old show didn't exist, like he was just doing a show where people, once he puts out the recording, people think that's how it went down. Oh, this bio of his, right. uh, he makes himself be the one really at fault for reading something wrong. But no, I'm going to do this to make Gary look bad because the, the person that gave me the info with this wrong information, when he taught, when he scrunched the paper, threw it on the floor and laughed, he says, let me pick that up again. Why? Because he knows he still needed it. He was creating a scene. It was fake. That's why Dr. Gill wasn't smiling no more. He, he Look, I fell asleep with that interview. The one we were on, man, that time went by fast. You all would have loved it. That's why when I asked him at the end of that, can I please have you know a copy of this? No, he will not let us. He will not release it because it would show that everything he tried to say was basically because of fault. He said you were stoned and I don't and you are running amok like Alex Jones. He compared me to Alex Jones, which That's I true. think is a compliment. He did. All right, but he was he was insulting <laughs> me. You heard that part, right? I did. It was again completely baffling hearing this from all the people in the world at John B. Wells. Yes. And it was to shut up another uh, host and pretend and to, to make another host and Mars researcher look bad. Why? Hoagland cannot have my name connected out there being more relevant than his, especially when he thinks he's going to be manipulating the president with his bullshit videos about what's really on Mars. Like they're going to listen to a guy who once did a deal with the Soviets and now he's being punished for that. Don't give me no bullshit. I know you're out there, Wells, listening, and I know he was on the phone with you, prick. All right. And that's why I was recording you playing dumb. I could have counted you and said, hey. But uh, well, look at this! All this bullshit tirade of twenty minutes, all for an obvious question where I could have easily said, "But you read it the first time. You read it during the first interview. You staged this." No, but I got enough out of him because he said to be to lie to my listeners. Therefore, to lie, uh, he'll lie to you. The ones who are paying him for that show is not the truth. The one, the truth, he will not reveal. Like Hoagland won't talk about UFO diaries. Wells will not admit and show that interview because it would show i was cordial i was polite everything was grand you all would have loved me and he couldn't have that i didn't try to show him up it's not my fault if he fucking didn't speak enough up enough at times to ask dr gill a question so that left room for me i wasn't trying it wasn't my show i was being polite hey dr gill you know tell uh you know mr wells about such and such or such and such then he would understand more and the listeners because i really was appreciating his help to get this all to the listeners, because I had a newspaper in Florida that was going to do an article on that show. That fell through. That would have got us a lot more signatures. Therefore, what he did to me to help Hoagland with, he did it to stop me and to hurt Dr. Gill. Because that would gain my me as a more notoriety, uh, credibility. 
under me as a Mars researcher and as a show host for the Martian Revelation, and Hoagland can't have that. And that's why Mr. Wells, on the show previously, he was on with me, he didn't remember who Hoagland was. Now, all of a sudden, he comes back from this internet outage. Not even five minutes, you know, we're talking, and then he gets to the point, oh, it brings up Richard Hoagland. Where the hell did that come from? Why did he even bring him up? He was goading me, so I just shut up. I was like, oh, I'm going to have him on again soon. I was like, oh, that's good. Oh, then he brings up Dr. Robin. And I said, yeah, it's a shame that happens to people. And I kept it respectful. Yeah, that's what I, actually makes it very obvious that he might have been talking to Hoagland since he bingo. blatantly he brought that up. He was trying to figure up. out what to do. He was trying to figure out what to do and make it look good without him looking like what? A sinner. Right. He dug a pit for me, only to fall into it himself. We do have another clip here. Let's uh, play that here. I got a couple to play, too, of just uh, showing you. I was getting too much care. But look at it this way. Because you were kind of running as if you were interviewing him with me, with him, on your show. It may not look good to you, but the way I see it, your ass was saved. And I'll tell you why. Now, just listen to this, and I want you to get this, Gary. I'm doing you a favor. There's nothing in it to, for me whatsoever <sighs> to destroy, destroy. Wrong clip here. Sorry about that. This is the clip Sorry. we were supposed to play. Sorry about that, folks. Listen, Gary, it's almost 10 o'clock where I am, so I'm going to finish with this. You may not look at this as something good that happened by way of saving your reputation from <laughs> damage. From what? How? How does this save me from what? I don't understand. How's my reputation? It was building my reputation for who I am to make this even help happen. What I'm trying to tell you is a guy who's talked on the program the way you're having this conversation with me now, which is really striding and really jacked up, plus being stoned, plus the presence of uh, Dr. Gale's uh, uh, bio that doesn't belong there, that has to do with Enterprise Mission. He went right back to that being stoned thing again. And the bio again. And the the more report. There's nothing to it. Yeah, it's it's incredible how he keeps going back to that. He keeps harping on that. Amazing. He's making excuses, so I would agree that I was at fault somehow, and I wasn't. But I was playing dumb because I was recording it. But is there any more to that clip? Oh, yeah, here we go. And, uh, and Richard Hoagland, that's not a good combination, as you should spare from all of that. So tell your audience that, uh, I don't know, some there was some sort of a sound issue on the, on the uh, receiving end. Yeah. Oh, let's play that again, where John B. Yeah. Wells, Reverend John B. Wells is insisting you lie to your audience. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? Wow. Christian of him. Very Christian of him. Let's, let's hear that part again where he wants you to tell a lie. You know, I've never really heard that from a Christian before. It's quite baffling again. I'm perplexed by this information that we are learning here tonight. Well, I already knew this, but... This solidifies everything I once thought about John B. Wells. It's it it it's it's a uh, it's a little weird because you know I had him on the show twice. I liked him. I I thought of him in a very different light. And then once he started doing that show on the some radio station out there in Texas, I believe, that's when I saw this strange uh, change come over him. Now he's like this reverend guy. So it's it's uh, incredible to see this. Here we go. Hypocritical. That too, it's very hypocritical. The hypocrisy and everything, it's it tastes good. It doesn't belong there. It has to do with Enterprise Mission and uh and Richard Hoagland. That's not a good combination, as you should be spared from all of that. So tell your audience that uh I don't know, some there was some sort of a sound issue on the 
so I so I still get fucked and we don't have a show. Well, we don't, but Doctor Levin and I do. Yeah. Wow. So he gets See, to take his ball and go home. In other words, yep. That's what he's telling yep. you. He don't. But Doctor Gillivan and I do. Wow. I mean, it's like, holy shit. Then if he didn't want me on, why pretend to do a show with me and complete the show rushed? Why do all that just to get me off the phone? He could have said, "Look, Harry, this ain't gonna work out," or "I'll just do this." I mean, a total diabolical plot. Again, I have no personal issues with him, but it did sour the way I viewed him as a person. He's just kind of another piece of shit asshole like the guys over at Premier Radio. Very much like the same assholes over at Fox News that a lot of you out there praise. A lot of these people are not who they claim they are. Uh, people with common sense can see this. And I'm sorry, but John B. Wells is another one. Yeah. Amazing. There he is. He mentioned Alex Jones again. Yeah, yeah he's comparing me to Alex Jones. Like, I, I was so amped up on pot that I was like, Alex, bullshit. That's why he won't release it. That would show he his words are wrong. And this is exposed to you all now. So why won't he release the video? We know he's got it. We know he's got it. Here we go. Yeah, that last part is really hard to hear. Yeah, I know. But he's basically trying to say, if he had mentioned with me there that uh, that he was a part of Enterprise Mission in Hoagland, you know, that's what he was saying. But I could have easily countered it again. But you read the right fucking bios the first time. How is it that you're reading? A, you know, I didn't ask the obvious. How is he reading uh, it differently this time? He could have edited it from the old one, used the old one at least. I mean, so this was total bullshit. It was a setup to prevent me from looking bad. He admits that it was made to make me look bad. Either way, right? Either way, it was pretty jacked up. He was doing it to make me look bad either way and thinking that he's doing me some kind of favor. Bullshit. I was just playing dumb. I see his his game. And again, I have a feeling that during this whole call, Hoagland was on there listening. Because remember, I had called him. He says, I'm on the phone with such and such. I will call you back. Yeah, right. Okay. He actually calls back 20 minutes later. And just the way the conversation went and all that, it's like he was really trying hard to get me to convince myself that it was because of me that that archive ain't up and I'm supposed to walk away happy after he fucked me. And I felt that someone else was on the phone. And I'm certain he recorded it, too. I'm sure he did, actually. I'm quite sure he did record on his end. Uh, whether or not he deleted that footage remains a mystery. Do you think he well, still has that footage, by the way? Yes. You think so? He'd be a fool, he'd be a fool to, uh, to give it up, and being how many shows he has, he would at least hold on to it as a, as a memoir or as a reminder or as uh, what went on that day as a record even, for all we know. Uh, but I'm sure he's got it, unless Hoagland paid him enough 
to to get rid of it. But either way, you, you we heard him that we did do the show together. I said, well, but you did it the first time. Yes, we did. So if he, any of you people ask him and he says, no, we didn't do it. Bullshit. Explain this. Then you just admitted to the guy. You guys did it. <laughs> and you, you also admitted that you wanted him to lie to his listeners. And therefore you lie to yours. Incredible. Again, I never took the Reverend John B. Wells to act this way behind closed doors. Can I play a few clips, Mike? Yeah, go ahead. I, grab, I grabbed them. This shows how hypocritical, in a way, connecting to clips to which he said in my show. I'm going to play them in unison, so it'll be I'll go as fast as possible. But I want you all to think about this, because, and this, you know, and I was agreeing with him on a lot of these things, but now down through time, we're able to look at this a little differently. All right, I'm going to start now and shut up. Literal. This is why I have to default to the Bible every time. Ah. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, not some kind of evil or that kind of evil over there, all kinds of evil. Every evil that you can think of will result from the love of money on one level or another. So that's just what it is. It's money. It's all about money. What you do in this world depends on where you're going to spend eternity. So all you have to do is look at the disease of the person personally. And then look at their work. And by their work, you will know them. That's also written in Scripture. That's true. If it takes making them mad to motivate them to go and look and see if what you're saying and what I'm saying are true, well, then okay, we'll make them a little bit mad. If that drives them to find out the truth of things, we know what happened to Gary with the big bamboozle. And once you're shown, if you go, okay, now I get it. But if you're not willing to, to, to see it, then you can never believe it because your, your mind is closed. You are feeling the love go back and forth. Oh, yes. He's fucking me in the ass. Now, check this out. People have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. I just wanted to play. Those are crucial clips of, of a, from the conversation when he was on my show. But add that all up together. Hypocritical. That You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Right? He wanted to attribute to the Bible the things he says he is now judged and condemned himself with. That's all I'm saying. Mr. Wells, you're a liar. And what you did to me, that's fine. You did to me for your little dark missioner homo uh, freak-out freak friend there, Hoagland, right? But get this, you sold your soul to hell. That's all I'm saying. You're in Wells' well to hell. You tried to do to me and able to do to me, fine. But what you really did that you're exposed to is that you lied to your own listeners. You're bullshitting them. This exposes you as the fraud that I'm sad to say that obviously you are. Okay? And that was wrong. So much was riding on that. We would have. The president would have seen it. He, My name would have been connected to it. Hoagland can't have that because he knows he'd be done. But Hoagland, you're already done. You're irrelevant. Prove me wrong. I made it safe to be seen. Michael, I think, is going to put a link on his page, I hope, of a YouTube video called Richard Hoagland's Unofficial Disclosure. Pack it and smoke it and watch it. It's quite clear, even though you might think it's bizarre. But listen closely on where he guides us. And you tell me. Prove me wrong. I dare you. Because here's the thing. I'm here, back through time. And I'm going to make things right on this new timeline. Help make our fate. And I got the balls to do it. Mike's got the balls to do it. And he's there. He's there. Okay? That's why I advertise him. Because I know that for a fact. How do you know? I'm crazy, right? That's what Oakland and everyone else wants to believe. All these big wigs at radio have a problem with this crazy nut. Right? 
Why? Art Bell, George Norrie, uh, Mr. Wells, all these big conglomerates. Who am I? I'm just nuts. I'm crazy to many of you. Right? Yet you got this. You heard it with your own ears. The conspiracy unfolds. This time he gets caught in check. He didn't think I'd be smart enough to record it. He wanted just, you know, I, this is the end of the conversation. I got to go. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't let it, I, I couldn't give in to it. Nah, this is just fucked up. That's yes. it. That's where, where the clip really ends, right, Mike? Right. And Gary, I must ask, now that we've gone through time here and listened uh, to clips from the uh, interview you guys, you guys did, now will you finally go back and talk to Dr. Levin? I'm going to have to. I feel, I just feel bad. Because I feel like I wasn't able to do my job of what I'm here for. And I, I guess I'm letting it bother me, maybe. Is that what it could be? I feel embarrassed. I feel ashamed. I, you know, he's 95, and I'm looking out for him. He deserves our honor, our respect. He deserves to be a, he's a hero of the American country. His place is deserved in history, is it not? I mean, seriously, is it not? His experiments discovered life on Mars. He was kicked in the balls. He's a real scientist. I'm kicked in the balls, and I'm an independent Mars researcher. You heard him say to uh, to Wells himself, I am not a visual guy. He, he doesn't interpret visually. That what referencing shadows, he was mean in the face. He knows who Hoagland is in Enterprise. I, I can't, you know, it's hard enough with microbes. And when Dr. Gill was on my show, he said, well, those guys that deal with that are a couple levels up than I am. That was his exact words. Meaning what? That's not part of his department. <laughs> and he's right still on the surface, even here, when he told Wells that he has a hard enough time with microbes, let alone what's seen visually. So I was bridging the gap because I do come uh, from that aspect of research, as you know, and uh, <clears throat> and I'm bridging the gap with someone who's a real scientist that this isn't about, but it was discovered the same year that they seen the face. It was discovered the same year that they noticed the Xenon 129, which is what nuclear weaponry had went off on Mars speaking, in the past. Speaking of which, where's Dr. John Brandenburg? Uh, yeah, he's doing good. I've had him on my show, uh, what, a month ago, I believe, with Dr. Mark Carlotto. And uh, he's still stating to that fact. And, in fact, he's validating and vindicating me in ways about those faces of Mars by telling us all this. During the end of the Viking missions, they lowered the crafts closer to the planet. They lowered them in the atmosphere to where they had special objectives to take imagery, and that these images, he believes, are from those batches, which he said is not in the public purview. Now, that's coming from someone very credible, and without getting the images, actually to prove it, he's given us proof because of who he is and his position throughout the years and, and all this shit, okay? And being also a part of Hoagland's Mars mission way back at a time, and SRI went right down the hall. The very next door, in fact, you had the remote viewing going on. All of this was done by the government. So that's why years ago when I showed Brandenburg these images, he laughed. Why do you laugh? And then he goes, ha, 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 Gary. There's a lot of craters on Mars, hey, Gary? There's a lot of craters. And I got what he was saying, and he reiterated that on my last show. There's a lot of craters out there, meaning that the just exactly what I said to you on your show, Mike, that I learned from UFO Diaries, the Mars we now know is not the Mars 
they now know. The Mars we now know is described as thus from UFO diaries, covered with gigantic mountains, meteor craters, and deserts that reach around the entire planet, and one thing more, huh? A giant sculpture that many scientists now speculate was created by an unknown race of intelligent beings. First off, unknown race of intelligent beings. Mars is a giant sculpture. That's the Mars they now know. The Mars we now know, they just told us what it's covered by. Meteors, gigantic mountains, and deserts that reach around the entire planet. Yo, you can see it. Look on Google Mars. That ain't the Mars they now know. And they're also telling us. The gun has fired. The race is on to get the truth. That's what this is about. And therefore, being validated and vindicated in that way, I just need help to get these images to prove all the more, not only that they came from Hoagland, that he provided them, mind you. That's what it's all about. He got pissed at me because I had the producers on after he said, someone here has to do the serious legwork. Because I'm too swamped at present, he put in parentheses, what? The swamp? The swamp that now Trump's draining? Think about it. These guys were acting like the Mueller report with this bullshit, this interview. Just like it. There's no there there. They created a whole scene to make me look bad. You see where I'm going? To create a lie and to perpetuate the lie. Why? They're in the same club together. Mr. Wells, are you a fucking mason? You alluded to the Masons and talked about them a little on my show. Yeah, you've been saying that to me Did you in private. say your father was a 33-degree Mason who decided not to take his oath? Is that what he said? Yes, on my show. Now I'm, I'm starting to put two and two together. Because remember, these people talk to each other in code. Apparently these guys know the cat's out of the bag already. I can say it here clearly. I'm not a part of them. But someone taught me their language to go through a back door. You're unshielded, Hoagland. Like Shaka Zulu, he built a bigger shield and he came up with a better weapon to aim for the heart. My objective is not to aim for the heart. It's going to do that perpetually because of you. Failing to come clean, this code said, Hoagland. I know everyone here is confused. It don't matter. You hear it. Failure to appear will cause a warrant of arrest to be issued like COSA law. You don't show up to court when you're summoned. What happens? You get a warrant issued, right? The warrant issued was described as thus. Your chest shall be cracked open. Hundreds will appear at your funeral. Now, I was told by George Haas and certain others who remain nameless later in my investigation that when you join the Masons or uh, even at the, after the third level, your initiate or whatever it is that begins your – I don't even want to know. I'm not going to knock on that spooky building either for the truth when one of them, a 33-degree one, told me who provided them. Hoagland, he's got them. I want them. Now, I don't need them. They gave me something. They taught me a primitive, a language that I came to call. 33. Therefore, that's the code language that I was taught. Therefore, if I'm communicating and doing this, and they're not, they're that, but that's how they communicate. They're doing it to hide this shit from us. I'm doing it to expose them. So, who's the really blame here? Who's the real crazy one? I know how I sound, but look at the advantages. Look at all these bigwigs. Look how, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. And it's to keep the truth from you. Remember that. Amazing. Gary, I do want to Gary, do want to thank you for being a part of the program, but we will be shutting this down soon here. Now. 
Yes. And Gary, before we cut you loose here, uh, any final message to either John B. Wells or Richard C. Hoagland? The stage is yours. Hoagland, you once made me want to believe when we had a falling out, I'm John Connor. After going on an hour and a half, two and a half hours up to discussing about Sarah Connor's dream, writing something on the table while Termi was playing with the kid. Terminator 2, she carved something in the table. No fart, no, no fart, <laughs> no fate, but what we make. Now, she dreamt that when she woke up, it was in the table. You wanted me to believe I'm John Connor. I get it. Everyone, go to thefacesofmars.com, click on the archives, click on the archive link, a few shows. A couple shows before John B. Wells called Adventure in Time, Tale of Two Captains. I'm not going to say nothing, pack them and smoke them because it's going to become more real and relevant. Mr. Uh, Hoagland, Wells, you can't stop fate. And fate is that, obviously, you guys are at your fate's end. You're exposed. And that's all I'm going to say. And even though you hurt me, you really hurt Dr. Gill. That's what bothers me. And all the people. You lied to everyone else to where we, by these actions, would have helped usher in the Martian revelation. But you and others couldn't have that because these are the secrets you guys hold most bound and don't want us to know, let alone go. But the Martian revelation and me is here to stay. And with people like Michael Deacon with the balls to do so, I'll continue waving his flag, uh, show with a flag even to steer you to it. Why not? He's more real than you, Wells. I'll fucking He's stab someone. Real than you, Hoagland. So just know in time, the Martian revelation is upon them. And they're the losers. That's all I'm going to say. There's a new time and a new day and age and the end of days. And that's what? The Martian revelation. Thanks, Mike. www.thefacesofmars.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Gary. We'll talk to you uh, very soon, my friend. Thank you, right. brother. Take and, care. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, that was one Gary Legier, very fired up, loved the energy indeed, and that's true, I will fucking stab any of you out there, if you come up to me, and I'm in a bad mood, definitely, I will stab someone, I'm not even joking, and I want to thank all of you out there for listening to another great edition of the program, thank you so much for being here, I'm Michael Deacon, and with that said... The world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody.